It's time now for the Pulpit Hour, featuring some of God's choice preachers. Stay tuned at the end of today's message for information on how you can obtain a copy of today's sermon. It just feels so good out here. Don't, don't, don't you love to sit and hear those kitty dids holler? If somebody start a pot of coffee, make some sandwiches, and if you wasn't in a hurry, we'd just do like Paul did after Eutychus fell out the window and broke his neck, and they had a raising the life service, and then he said they sat and talked till daybreak. Wouldn't that be good? But everybody's in a race now. Man, you're so nervous you can't stick your fingers in your eye. You rush out here and rush home. Oh, wouldn't it be good to slow down one more time? All right, I think we're about ready to pull anchor and head out. In Second Chronicles 5.13, I want to speak to you on this subject for just a few moments. My God is a God of goodness. My God is a God of goodness. And I trust that God will use this tonight to encourage you, to strengthen you, and to let you know that although we are in the end of this age, and although we are facing the amalgamated forces of hell, we're living in an hour uh, that tries the souls of men, yet we have a God that rules and rings on high, and He loves uh, uh, the church of the living God. That's the redeemed ones. Now then, that is the message, that's the subject, that's the title of my God is a God of goodness. Second Chronicles 5.13, it came to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. <clears throat> that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. Now, I don't often use water. Is there a little water in there? Somebody get it. <coughs> we'll call a recess while I drink. All right, now look in Second Chronicles 7, 3. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. In Ezra, chapter 3, verse 11, And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord, because He is good, for His mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. In Psalms 25, verse 8, Good and upright is the Lord, therefore will He teach sinners in the way. In Psalms 118, verse 1, uh, verse 1 and verse 29, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, because His mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. In the 119th Psalm, verse 68, Thou art good, and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. In the 145th Psalm, verse 9, The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all of His works. In Lamentations 3.25, The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him, 
to the soul that seeketh Him. In Nahum, the first chapter and the seventh verse, the Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble, and He knoweth them that trust Him. Now in Zechariah 9, 17, how great is His goodness, and how great is His beauty. Corn shall make the young men cheerful, the new wine the maids. Then we look in the book of Matthew 19, chapter verses 16 and 17. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good Master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. And then we could go on and on. But now then, since we're speaking about my God is a God of goodness, then what is goodness? What is goodness? If you're making notes, you might want to jot down these uh, thoughts. What is goodness? The 118th Psalm says in verse 1, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, because His mercy endureth forever. Now then look at the word good in the 118th Psalm, verse 1, for He is good. The Hebrew definition of the word good there means to be good. It means best. It means better. It means bountiful, cheerful, gracious, kindness. It means wealth or well-favored. And it means the goodness of Yahweh or the Lord God most vehemented. Now look in Mark 10, verse 18. And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Now the Greek definition of good there means gentleness, goodness, kindness, graciousness, or beneficial. Now, another question, if you will. What is the doctrine of God concerning the goodness of God? Now, this may be as dry as shucks starting off, but if you'll bring your honey pail and go with me, we'll strike something after a while. All right, now listen. What is the doctrine of God concerning the goodness of God? What is the doctrine of God? You know, what is the teaching of God concerning the goodness of God? The answer is, and I want you to get it, God alone is good of Himself. Did you get it? God alone is good of Himself. God is absolute goodness. There is none good but one that is God. All created goodness is only a riverlet flowing from this holy fountain of eternal goodness. And yet divine celestial goodness hath no spring because, ladies and gentlemen, God is the spring Himself of all goodness. God who is all goodness of Himself depends upon no other for His goodness. He is all goodness in and of Himself. Man has no goodness from himself, and God has no goodness from without Himself because He is goodness. God's goodness is not derived from another, for there is no other. He alone is good. He alone is God. In Genesis 18.25, the Word says, "...shall not the judge..." of all the earth do right. God can only do good. God cannot do wrong. Whatsoever God does is good. Regardless of what it is, God can only do good. God can produce nothing but good. God is good. If God were good by anything outside of Himself, then that thing outside of Himself would have been in being before Him or after Him. And if before Him, then He was not Himself from eternity, and therefore He would not be God. If it was after Him, then He was not good in Himself from eternity. And to think this of God is to think blasphemously. All things that are good are only good by Him. 
all goodness in His creation is but the breathing of His goodness upon them. They have all their lovability from the same goodness and they have their being from Him. Now then, by creation, God was declared good, yet God was not made good by any or all of His creatures. God partakes of none, but all things partake of Him. God is so good, He gives all and receives nothing. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore will He teach sinners in the way. Alright? Psalms 106, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. In Jeremiah 33, 11, Praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. Some months ago, about 2 o'clock in the morning, God awakened me out of sleep. And He said, Son, write down something. I want you to write something down. I scrambled around, grabbed a pen, a pen, turned the light on. God said, Start writing. And here's what He told me. God's everlasting goodness. God's everlasting goodness. In the dateless past, in the eons of the eons, before the ages of the ages, before ever there was time, God dwelled upon His holy throne of everlasting goodness. In the center of His eternal everlastingness, having no circumference, but being always and forever the center of all, from the center of, of this everlasting spring of holy goodness, which is, which was, and, and ever shall be good, for God is good, throws the eternal and holy decrees and the wills and the purposes of God from the heart of Him who is almighty, all-wise, all-powerful, all-glorious, and all-good, flowed and does flow and will flow forever the rivers of His unsearchable, unfathomed, and unexplainable goodness. For He is the spring of unending, unquenchable, and undying goodness. This holy spring of everlasting goodness in its eternal outward flow becomes rivers and then oceans and is unsearchable and unmeasurable and unexplainable in its everlasting blessedness upon all of God's creation. All may drink and do drink here. Man, beast, fowl, and all creeping things and crawling things. Things unseen and things micro and things macro. None are disappointed here. None go away unsatisfied and none go away unsupplied and unhealed. Standing on the edge of this eternal fountain of everlasting goodness, the gazer, which is the believer of the Christian, looking down into its unfathomed depths, is suddenly made to realize not only is he on its edge, hallelujah, but he stands in its center. And that it has no circumference, for it reaches out forever. Looking upward forever, he sees its bubbling waters of everlasting effulgence and eternal blessedness. Looking outward, glory of glories, it never ends. Looking inward, it goes on forever. Oh, spring of eternal goodness, thou art blessed forevermore. Thou art God, for God alone is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. For a God like that. Amen. I'm beginning to get that under the inward unexplainable and outward all over us. I'm getting some goosebumps big enough to burn my shirt on. Hallelujah. All right. Question number two. What is the second thing to consider concerning the everlasting, undying, imperishable, incorruptible, never fading, ever fresh goodness of God? What is the second thing to consider? The answer is God only is infinitely 
boundlessly, everlastingly, immeasurably, incomprehensibly good. God's goodness is a boundless, shoreless goodness that knows no limits. God's goodness is as unlimited, infinitely, continuous, and immeasurably as His holy essence. Nothing that has been made good by His divine influence can equal Him, for He is good of and by Himself. God's divine goodness imparts itself to a vast number of His creatures in various degrees in heaven and on earth, such as angels, glorified spirits, men on earth, seraphim and cherubims. All these are but small sparks from the immense flame of God's unquenchable goodness. When all of God's goodness that this world is capable of viewing hath been displayed, there is much less displayed than there is left to enrich another world and all worlds. God's goodness cannot be exhausted. God's goodness is never wanting. God's goodness is never lacking. God's goodness is never missing. God's goodness never defaults. God's goodness is never destitute. God's goodness is never bankrupt. God's goodness is never insufficient. God's goodness is never inadequate. God's goodness is never in short supply. God's goodness is never obsolete. God's goodness is never outdated. God's goodness is never outmoded. God's goodness is never out of fashion. And God's goodness is never out of season. Oh, we got a God, children. His goodness is goodness. That's unfathomable. All the creatures of all the worlds, visible and invisible, micro and macro, could not and cannot and will never exhaust the wealth and the treasures of the eternal goodness of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is God, therefore He is good. He is absolute goodness. He's God of very God. He's eternally and everlastingly good because none is good but God and the Lord Jesus Christ is God. Therefore, the Lord Jesus Christ is absolute goodness. What is the third thing that we learn about the truth of the goodness of God? The answer is God alone is absolutely, perfectly, irretrievably, irrevocably good because He alone is immeasurably, incalculably, infinitely good. It doesn't take anything from God or cause Him to be any less good because He continually pours out goodness. He's inexhaustible. And the more you pour, the more there is. God's essence is goodness. God's nature is goodness. As nothing has an absolutely perfect being but God, so nothing has an absolutely perfect goodness but God. The goodness of God is the absolute measure and rule of goodness in everything else. Now, here's the fourth thing that we need to consider concerning the goodness of God. And that is that God alone is unchangeably good. God alone is unchangeably good. Now, if you never have, Shad, if you'll stay with me, you may pick up your little chair and walk after a while. Amen? You know, we've been sitting around here twiddling their thumbs, making goo eyes at each other, scratching backs and tickling ears, afraid to draw our breath, afraid that the, we are left in this world alone. No, we're not alone. The fountain of all goodness is here right now. Amen? He alone is unchangeably good. Many things may be perpetually good by supernatural power, 
but not unchangeably good in their own nature. In Psalms 52.1, the goodness of God endureth continually. God is good. He cannot be anything but good in all of His actions and whatsoever He doeth is good. The goodness of God is unfailing. The goodness of God is changeless. The goodness of God is unvarying. The goodness of God is unalterable. The goodness of God is irrevocable. The goodness of God is irreversible. The goodness of God is enduring. The goodness of God is lasting. The goodness of God is steadfast. The goodness of God is unswerving. It's uninterrupted. It's unfaltered. It's unwavering. It's unrelenting. It's unfailing. It's untiring. The goodness of God is unconquerable. It's uncompromising. It's unending. And it's unyielding. Honey, I feel the gospel horse going through. Get on with it. This is good. I like this. Now, if we would be blessed, let us further consider the goodness of God. What is the inalienable, divine power, the right, and the authority of God as concerning His goodness? Think with me now. What is the inalienable, divine power the right and the authority of God as concerning His goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, the answer is God, His goodness alone is pure and it's perfect. And it is His divine nature. It's pure and perfect goodness in the true and the genuine character of God. God is good. God is goodness. God's essence is goodness. God is good in the highest decree, possessing all goodness. God is the highest good. God is the first good. And whatsoever is perfect, goodness is God. And all the names of God are good. All the names of God are good. There is no name concerning the Almighty and His only begotten Son and the Holy Ghost except good names. The name of God is good. Hallelujah. Have you ever stopped and think about it? Every one of God's names are good. In Revelation 1.8, He's the Alpha and Omega, and that's good. In Hebrews 12 and 2, He's the author and the finisher of our faith, and that's good. In Mark 2.12, He's the Amazing One, and that's good. In Revelation 3.14, He's the Amen, and that's good. In Daniel 7.32, He's the Ancient of Days, and that's good. In Hebrews 3.1, He's the Apostle of our profession, and that's good. In Genesis 17.1, He's the Almighty God, and that's good. In the book of Max, He's the Beloved Son, that's good. In the book of Isaiah, He's the Bruised One, and that's good. He's the Better One, and He's the Brother, the Brother, and He's the Bread Corn, and He's the Bread of Life, and that's good. In Matthew, He's the Christ and the Christ of God and the Counselor and the Chief Shepherd and the Coming King of Kings and the Commander-in-Chief and the Chief of our Salvation, and that's good. He's the door and He's the deliverer and the day star. Thank God the diadem and the day spring from on high, and that's good. That's all good. He's the everlasting life, the elect of God. He's the everlasting Father, the Emmanuel, the ensign of His people, the eternal one, and the elector, and that's good. Hallelujah. The first of ten thousand, the forerunner, the firstborn. Hallelujah. The foundation. He's God, and that's good. And he's God the Son, and that's good. And He's God blessed, and that's good. And He's the glory of the Lord, and that's good. And He's the good shepherd, and that's good. And He's the glorious one, and that's good. And He's the great high priest, and that's good. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Hallelujah. 
He's ahead and that's good and He's ahead of the church and that's good. He's ahead of man, the head of the corner and the heir of all things uh, and the horn of salvation. He's the I am the image of God and the immutable and the immeasurable one. He's the incomparable one and that's good. He's Jesus and that's good. He's Jesus Christ and that's good. He's Jesus Christ our Lord and that's good. He's Jesus Christ our Savior and that's good. He's Jesus the Son of God and that's good. He's Jesus the Savior and that's good. He's Jesus the wonderful one and that's good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He's Jesus. His names are good. He's the King, and that's good. And the King of the Jews, and the King of the ages, and the King of the saints, and the King of glory, and the King of Israel, and that's good. He's the Lord, and the Lord of all, and the Lord God Almighty, and that's good. Hallelujah. He's the man, the mighty God, the man of sorrows, the mediator, the Messiah, and that's good. He's the morning star. He's the name, the near one, the Nazarene, the noble one, and that's good. He's the only begotten Son of God, the only hope of salvation, the one with God. He's the offspring of David and the object of our faith, and that's good. Praise the Lord. You say, how long are you going? Just hang on, honey. We're just now getting up steam. He's the, he's the quickener, and that's good. Hallelujah. He's the redeemer, and that's good. He's the rock, and that's good. He's the Son of God, and that's good. And the Son of Man, and the Son of David, and that's good. He's the seed of the woman, the Savior, and the shepherd, and that's good. He's the only begotten Son. He's the great God. He's the light. He's the true vine. That's good. He's the unifier, the unabridged one, the undaunted one, the undeniable one, and the unfailing one, and that's good. He's the victor, the valiant one, the valuable one, the vanguard of the soul. That's good. Hallelujah. He's the Word, and the Word of God, and the witness, and the Word of life, and the wisdom of God. And ladies and gentlemen, He is, thank God, the zyster. And that means a surgeon's instruments for scraping bones. And when He takes a notion to clean your hide, He's going to do it. Amen. He's the yoke, and the yoke fellow, and He's your God and your Savior. And He's the zeal, and the zenith, and the zephyr, and He's the zealous one. And that's good. What a Savior. Did you know God is abundant in goodness? In Exodus 34, 6, And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Praise the Lord. Did you know it's the goodness of God that we are born? It's the goodness of God that we live. It's the goodness of God that we move. It's the goodness of God that we have our being. It's the goodness of God that we have our minds. And if you get too puffed up and rebel against God, He'll let a beast heart come in you like Nebuchadnezzar and He'll let you crawl out there in the field seven years. You see, God's good in giving you a mind. You know it's the goodness of God that we have our health. It's the goodness of God we have food. It's the goodness of God we have clothing. It's the goodness of God we have shelter. It's the goodness of God that we were born in America or live in America. It's the goodness of God that we don't live under communism tonight. It's the goodness of God we have freedom of speech, freedom of worship, freedom of assembly, and freedom to preach. That's the goodness of God. If that don't bless you, you form a line here and we'll have a cranking up service after a while. Did you know it's the goodness of God 
that you were not born a dog. It's the goodness of God you don't bark for your breakfast. Did you ever think about it? God's sovereign. He could have made you a red worm. Anytime you feel like, well, the world couldn't get along without me, and if God needs me, why, let Him come and I'll enter into some contract with Him. God could speak and your mind could children go and you'd be like Nebuchadnezzar. It's the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God you are not born an insect. A fly and somebody swatch it. Because if you get around me, I'm going to swatch it if you're a fly. You know it's the goodness of God? You say, well, I never thought of that. God's sovereign. He can make out, he can make out of you what He will. See, you wasn't there to dictate to Him how to run the program. Amen. I'm glad God got the world made for the ERA got here. You know it's the goodness of God. You are not born a snake. I'm scared of them. I don't like them. If you don't turn my nerves up, but put a snake around. Now, not listen. When you throw a snake around me, I'll be like Wendy Bagel. Where you want that new door? I ain't standing. It's the goodness of God we were not born snakes. Of course, there's a few two-legged snakes, but I'm talking about you know one crawls under there. Now, it's the mercy of God you were not born. A roach or a rat. Did you ever stop and consider? We don't think about the goodness of God. We take all of God's goodness for granted. We act as though children God couldn't get along without us. Did you know, ladies and gentlemen, if God had never created one mortal being, when the sun comes up in the morning, if it came up over a world without beings, God would be just as holy, holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, as He is because He made man. It's the goodness of God that He made man. God had no need that He had to create man. People say, well, God was lonely and He wanted fellowship. Where would you find that? That's not in the book. God is eternally self-sufficient and self-satisfied in Himself and in He's no other. He made you because He loved you. All right, let us rush on. Our time gets away from us. It's the goodness of God that we were quickened by the Holy Ghost. It's the goodness of God that we're free. It's the goodness of God that we heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the goodness of God that He sent the high sheriff of heaven to arrest you and convict you and convert you. It's the goodness of God that the Holy Ghost supplied the blood and made you a new creature. It's the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God that He sent the Holy Ghost to abide in our hearts forever. It's the goodness of God that He gave us the Bible to guide us all the way home. It's the goodness of God that He promised to come again and receive us unto Himself, that where He is, there we may be also. It's the goodness of God. 
Hallelujah. Oh, what a Savior we have. It's the goodness of God that He prepared a place for us, and that place is heaven in the heaven of heavens. It's the goodness of God that He gave His precious blood to save us and to keep us now and forever. For His life is in the blood. And to think of God without thinking of the goodness of God is to think of someone else and not of God. To claim the existence of God and not children to confess that He's the God of all goodness is to claim some other creature other than God. To deny that God is good is to undeify Him. To declare God is great and not declare God is good is to see someone other than God. If you declare Him great, you must declare Him good. The nature of God is, is good the same as it is majestic. God is a God of goodness. No wonder the songwriter wrote, Majestic sweetness sits enthroned upon the Savior's brow. His head with radiant glory's crown, His lips with grace o'erflow. No mortal can with Him compare among the sons of men. Fair is He than all the fair who fill the heavenly train. Praise God. I mean, hallelujah. He saw me plunged in deep distress and flew to my relief. For me He bore the shameful cross and carried all my grief. To Him I owe my life and breath and all the joys I have. He makes me triumph over death and saves me from the grave. Oh, Thou God of all goodness. In the 145th Psalm, verse 6 and 7, And men shall speak of the might of Thy terrible acts, and I will declare Thy goodness, Thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of Thy great goodness and shall sing of Thy righteousness. Greatness without goodness would be an unruly and frightening monster in this world. You think about it. If God was not great, if God was great and not good, then He'd be a frightening monster. But God is good. And therefore, he said in Hebrews 4, 16, let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the hour of need. If God were not good, we'd be afraid. Goodness is the resplendent flame and brightness and adorable, lovable loveliness of our great and dreadful, almighty, omnipotent, all-powerful Creator. God is not a God that is not good. And God is not a God that is not the highest good because He's absolute goodness. You say, well, preacher, really what do you mean by the goodness of God? The goodness of God, now you, you remember this, we mean when we say the goodness of God, the absolute goodness of God, we mean that, that God's goodness is His essence. And essence is what a thing or a person is. This is a pulpit that I'm preaching behind. This is a pulpit. But its essence is wood. That's what it is. Its essence is wood. See, God's essence is goodness. And we may come to Him under many other names, but His essence is goodness. His essence is holiness. His essence is almightiness. His essence, ladies and gentlemen, is grace. God is a good God. Hallelujah. Goodness is the perfection of God's nature. God is good because His nature is utterly, immeasurably, completely, infinitely good. 
All good meets in God's essence just as all water meets in the ocean. God's goodness is unsearchable. Look in Job 11, verse 7. Can, canst thou by searching find out God? Canst thou find out the Almighty under perfection? God's goodness flows from the spring of God's eternal blessedness. Oh, how I praise God. Ladies and gentlemen, 145th Psalm, verse 9 says, The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all of His works. God's grace respects the intelligent creature. God's mercy respects the miserable creature. God's goodness respects all of His creatures, mankind, animals, fowls, fishes, and vegetation. The goodness of God means the grace of God. The goodness of God means the liberality of God. The goodness of God means the largeness of God, the bountifulness of God, the unselfishness of God, the generosity of God, the open-handedness of God, the free-heartedness of God, the givenness of God, and ladies and gentlemen, the, good, the goodness of God is that grace that's unexplainable and is all-sufficient and reaches to the lowest depths to rescue the lost sons of Adam's race and raise them to a plane of eternal redemption and make them good. For Jesus said, Be ye holy even as I am holy. And it's the goodness of God in you that makes you what you are tonight. Hallelujah. It's the goodness of God, in it, ladies and gentlemen, that He decreed, purposed, and willed to deal bountifully with us. Hallelujah. It is the goodness of God that He willed that there should be something beside Himself for His own glory. In the goodness of God, God fixed it so one day each individual child of God will have a glory all of its own coming from God. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 15. There's the glory of the sun. There's the glory of the moon. All are types. There's the glory of the stars that represents the church collectively. Then there's the glory of the individual star that represents the individual believer that loves God, is unconditioned, surrendered and filled with the Holy Ghost, and God works a glory in you that one day the sun will have to pull a curtain across His face say, excuse me for trying to shine around you where you saints are. You say, I don't believe that. That's why you're going to be left. You don't believe nothing. God is good in Himself. God is good to Himself. And God is good to His creatures. God is the highest goodness because He does not act for His own profit, but for the welfare of His creatures and the manifestation of His goodness to them. God's goodness flows out to all of His creation. God loves all of His creation. And God's creation is good. And God is good. And He can only create that which is good. These little shark folks running around saying that when God created, He just created a big ball of mass of matter. And that after so many thousand years, He finally got it straightened out and got it together. You know, a one-eyed, cobtail, flop-eared mule's got more sense than that. God can create nothing but good. And when God spoke, He created and it was perfect. 1 Timothy 4, 4, For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. 
Hallelujah. God loves the goodness in all of His creation. And the creatures, ladies and gentlemen, that He created, He loves them. He loves them. Actually, God hates no creature. God hates no creature. God does not absolutely wish evil to the damned. Did you know that? The deserved punishment He inflicts upon them will fall out for His goodness toward them. My God, what a God. The goodness of God includes all of His characteristics, His nature and His essence. All the acts of God are the outflowing of His goodness to His creatures. God's goodness is His glory. When Moses cried out in Exodus 33:18, Show me thy glory. Look in Exodus, the 33rd chapter, 19th verse. God answered Moses when He said, Show me thy glory. Listen to what He said. I will make all my goodness pass before thee. That's His glory. He said, Moses, I'll make my goodness pass before thee. That's my goodness. That's my glory. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord forever. As Moses beheld God passing before him, he saw the train of God's everlasting goodness passing by. That's why God told Moses to get in that rock till I pass by. That rock's a type of Christ. And God put His hand over the hole. Why? Because Moses wanted to see Him so bad, He knew Moses would run right out in his face, and then God helped take Him to heaven. God wasn't through with Him, so God put His hand over the hole, and Moses heard Him coming. He's everywhere, but He heard Him coming. And when God crossed the top of the mountain, Moses in there shouting, I believe he'd run, jump against God's hand, bounce off, say, God, if you'd just let me out of here. Oh, God, thou God of all goodness. The children, after God got over, at a safe distance, he pulled his hand off Moses, run out and saw God's backsides. Such glory came on him when he came off the mountain, they had to run him down and veil him. Oh, God, what a God. Isn't God good? What will it be when Jesus comes, children? Praise the Lord. All right, now we're going to leave out part. I want you to notice here something else that you need to know in Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are thee called according to His purpose. God does all things through His goodness. And we know that all things work together for what? Good. It's the goodness of God. His promises are good. His omnipotence is good. His precious blood is good. His quickening power is good. His redeeming grace is good. His salvation is good. His touch is good. His undying goodness is good. His victory is good. His excellence is good. His yoke is good. His zeal is good. He's good. He's God. He's good. Hallelujah. God could not create anything without goodness. As the motive. And God will let nothing happen to His own without goodness as the motive. Did you know nothing can happen to you except children? God's goodness is the motive. That ought to make, take some of the cuckleberries from under the saddle. Nothing can happen to you except it be for the, God's glory and God's goodness. He is so good. 
Hallelujah. He declared to His own Son in Luke 10, 19. Hallelujah. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. 1 Samuel 30, verse 19. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great. And there was nothing lacking to them. And those officers provided victual for King Solomon and for all that came unto King Solomon's table. Every man in his month, they lacked nothing. When Hadad went down into Egypt's land, read it, I believe it's in Kings, when Joab, the captain of David's host, went down to the rock city of Petra, or Edom, and Edom's Esau, and Esau's Edom, and Esau down there is the rose red city. One time 200,000 people lived in the crossroads of the world, known as Edom. Hadad was born and as a little boy, he played on the rock cliffs, those beautiful, beautiful colored sandstone cliffs. In the morning when the sun came up, penciled rays of pink and blue and every hue shot up into the sky. It looked like an in, in an unending show of brilliance and glory. When the sun set and looked like a golden penny sinking into the pocket of midnight, those walls were painted with the touch of God and Hadad loved that city. But when Joab came and killed all the males, some old men took that little boy and slipped out down south, went down beside Ai and down into Egypt. And then when Hadad came into Egypt, Pharaoh saw him and fell in love with him because he was such a fine, splendid young man. Took him into the king's palace, reared him and taught him and nurtured him and made him second in command over all of Egypt and gave him Tophanes, the queen. He gave him her sister to his wife. One day when Hadad was ringing in his glory and had all that he could wish for, a messenger came and said, King David's sleeping with his fathers. And Joab, the captain of the host, is dead. Immediately, Hadad ran to Pharaoh and he said, Pharaoh, I hear that David's dead. Joab is killed. Now he said, let me go home. Let me go home. Pharaoh looked at Hadad and he said, Hey, Dad, you're second in command. I gave you the queen's sister to wife. Anything you want is yours. You have everything you could wish for. Why do you want to go home? What is it you need? What is it you want, Hey, Dad? He said, nothing. Nothing. Just let me go home. I'm homesick. And God in His great love and mercy put in the bosom of every child of His that it makes no difference what this world offers and what this world gives, what this world promises, and why the world says, why do you want to keep on living for Jesus? Honey, I want to go home to be with my God. That's a good God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise God. Aren't you glad He's a great God and a good God? Well, praise the Lord. One of these days, He's going to ride out on the clouds of the morning. The trumpet will sound. The dead in Christ will rise first in the power of God. 
roll back the cover of old Mother Earth and children, those that have died in the faith from Adam to the rapture, will stand up in a glorified state. What a good God He is. And then we were to live and remain. We'll be changed in a moment, the twinkle of an eye. And we'll be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in Hallelujah. God's creation was not an act of mercy. Listen to me. God's creation was not an act of mercy. But it was an act of His absolute goodness. God, ladies and gentlemen, did not have to create, but it was an act of His goodness. In Psalm 145, 9, the Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all of His works. God's goodness is seen in the creation of man. One day, any moment now, this good God, this wonderful Savior, this Lord Jesus Christ, will arise with healing in His wings. This God, this God, ladies and gentlemen, whose essence is good, He'll bless the blighted. He'll caress the confused. He'll deliver the discouraged. He'll descend into the dungeons of hopelessness and set you on higher ground. He'll draw you near to the heart of God. He'll encircle you with angels of mercy. He'll exalt you from despair to delight. He'll favor you with delivering grace. He'll fill you with joy unspeakable and full of glory. He'll gag the devil and deliver you from accusation. Hallelujah. He'll guard you with His everlasting goodness and then circle you with His arms of everlasting grace and deliver you safe home on the shores of sweet deliverance. He'll hide you in the secret of His pavilion. He'll indwell you, eliminate you, and inaugurate you. Hallelujah, what a Savior we have. He'll lead you to green pastures beside the still waters. He'll lay His holy hand upon thy quivering heart and speak, Peace be still. He'll make the darkness light before thee. He'll bring the high places down and the low places up. And He'll make the darkness light. He'll never abuse thee. He'll never be bitter toward thee. He'll never cancel thee, nor despise thee, nor hate thee, nor harm thee, nor harass thee. He'll never leave thee, and He'll never oppress thee. But one day He'll promote you, protect you, and prepare you. He'll restore you. He'll refresh you. He'll revive you. He'll establish you. He'll strengthen you. He'll settle you. And suddenly, He'll come for you. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, God's good. Praise the Lord. Do I have to quit at 9.10? It's getting better, folks. Hallelujah. God's good, isn't it? Some of you that have been discouraged and despondent, folks, don't give up. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. God's a God of goodness. Hallelujah. Did you know God in His goodness made man after His own image and His own likeness? He didn't make His other creatures after His own image and His likeness, but He made man after His own image and likeness. Isn't that good? Isn't that wonderful? The greatest of all of God's holy goodness is seen in His provision for the redemption of man. A fallen and totally depraved creature, our God who is good, reached way down and lifted me up. No angel... 
No seraphim, no cherubim, no principality, no power, no man, or multitudes of men could nor are ever, could now or ever, ladies and gentlemen, tell the goodness of God in redemption. It's impossible. It staggers the mind. When God gave Christ as our substitute and Redeemer, God gave the heart of His goodness. And the highest gift and the best gift His divine goodness could give. Jesus, blessed Jesus. Let me close with this. Christ was the greatest gift of divine goodness because He was His only begotten Son and not an angel. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. He was given to us to rescue us from death. And for our sakes, He descended from His throne and dwelt on earth. For our sakes, He took upon Himself flesh and became our kinsman redeemer. For our sakes, He was ridiculed, abused, beaten, mocked, and spit upon until He was an indescribable object of astonishment. For our sakes, He was made a curse. Galatians 3.13 says, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. For our sakes, He was cooked in God's oven of wrath that He might become the only loaf of eternal life. Eat Him and live! John 6.51, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. For our sakes, He went alone to the cruel tree, faced the amalgamated forces of the subterranean regions of the damned, that we might live forever with the innumerable hosts of glory. For our sakes, the goodness of God redeemed us. For our sakes, God gave Him to us as a man to suffer in our stead and redeem us as a God. For our sakes, He reached up and pulled the curtains of death about Him and cried, Father, into Thy hands I commit My Spirit so that one glad day He will take us into His hands and commit us into His holy presence forevermore. For our sakes, He left His holy body in a barred tomb went down into the heart of the earth, met Satan head on, uprooted hell. Ladies and gentlemen, back the devil into the blackest, smutty walls of the region, the black regions of the dam. Jesus Christ took Satan by the goozle, choked him down, wrested the keys of death and hell out of his clutches, tied him to his girdle. Hallelujah. Backed up to the gates of Hades said, Come ye blessed of my Father. It's home going time. I'm moving you from paradise to glory. Hallelujah. He came back for the way of the tomb, resurrected his own body, stepped back in it, shouted with a clarion voice of divine glory. Behold, I'm he that was dead, but I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and of hell. Thank God for a Savior. What a Savior. For our sakes. For our sakes. For our sakes. Praise the Lord. And when He went back yonder with the redeemed from Adam to Calvary, heaven opened, paradise was emptied, God received Him, God received the blood, 
as the only eternal everlasting sacrifice for the fallen sons of Adam's race. God received His Redeemers, His redeeming Son. Heaven shouted, the glory rolled, the four beasts and the four and the twenty elders fell down and cried, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, for this thou art worthy to be praised. For our sakes, for our sakes, He sent the Holy Ghost to indwell us, guide us through the wilderness, and get us all the way home. Folks, it's about time to get started home. Isn't it? For our sakes, He gave us His exceeding great and precious promises that we might know His great, glorious, and holy will moment by moment. For our sakes, He is at the right hand of God as your great high priest, praying to God the Father to bless, to God to honor and to keep you all the way home. For our sakes, He's coming again. Any moment now, perhaps before the service is over, to glorify us and to take us unto Himself that where He is, there we may be also. For our sakes, He has prepared us an eternal home in the heavens and in His presence forevermore. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Folks, we're just about home. You've got a good God and a great God. And if you'll trust Him, He'll see you home. I'm a soldier bound for glory. I'm a soldier going home. Come and hear me tell my story. All who love the Savior come. I love Jesus. Hallelujah. I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. He's my Savior. Jesus smiles and loves me too. I will tell you what induced me in this glorious fight to start. Twas the Savior's loving kindness overcame and won my heart. Hallelujah. When to death's dark, swelling river, like a warrior I shall come. Then I mean to shout salvation and go singing glory home. I love Jesus. Hallelujah. I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. He's my Savior. Jesus smiles and loves me too. Let's stand. That concludes our Pulpit Hour message for today. If you would like to order a copy of today's message, you can call our studios at 828 828- 884-9427 or write to us at WGCR 3232 Hendersonville Highway Piscopharis, North Carolina 28768 You can also hear today's message on our website at WGCR.net The Pulpit Hour is brought to you 
by Anchor Broadcasting.